0: Welcome to the jazz violin podcast this is episode four and i am chatting with christian van Hemert. hopefully my terrible pronunciation has still gotten that name across to you christian van Hemert. christian is a dutch violinist and guitarist actually um he plays with the rosenberg trio if you don't know the rosenberg trio they are one of the most famous and one of the most amazing sets of musicians playing in that gypsy jazz django reinhardt style um Christian, to me, is one of the guys who has really got that um, early Stefan Grapelli sound down. He's really captured the way that Grapelli played when he was playing with Django. And uh, in this interview, uh, we chat a little bit about how he has done that. We actually recorded this interview over the internet. We chatted on Skype and we recorded ourselves separately. So. Actually, the, um, the quality of this one is really, really good. We chatted for about an hour and a half. We covered many things, but it, it really was just focusing around jazz, learning jazz, um, internet trolls, and uh, computer games. So, uh, oh yeah, please do subscribe on iTunes if that's how you get your podcasts. I think most people do. Um, but yeah, subscribe on iTunes, or you can, we're, we're on most pod- podcasting platforms, so you can scri- subscribe to any of those, um, but please do subscribe, because that's the only way you're going to get things straight away, and straight to your phone, or tablet, or however you listen to things. Okay, uh, let's go. <laughs> from the start it doesn't matter where that start is
1: uh so the first thing to know is that i don't come from a musical family in the sense that there is no musicians in my family but my father was very all oh, right a music aficionado you know there was the time that people were still collecting records yeah. you know and the bigger your collection yeah. the better so he had a he had a very eclectic taste so he had everything from classical to like uh to jazz to to Country mm-hmm. to well, whatever, and I, I listened to everything as a as a kid. So, but one thing that really struck a chord with me was the the recording of Menuhin playing the Beethoven violin concerto. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked that. So that led me to wanting, wanting to be able to play that instrument, which was a violin. So my yeah. my father he searched for a violin teacher, and I took violin lessons. And he was always playing music in the car. And uh, one day he had Grappelli um, he had Grappelli and uh, Django there on there, yeah. Plate. And I loved that. Of course, nobody knew. I mean, we knew it was jazz, but nobody knew in my family that that was improvised, right? So okay. I still remember being in the car with my father. I was maybe it was like eleven or twelve, and then I said, you know, I, oh, that sounds really great. I, I want to play that. So my father yeah. he called every music store. <laughs> To to get the sheet music, yeah. But of course there was no sheet music, and uh, like the fifth store, the guy said, uh, "Sir, that's all improvised." So my <laughs> father said to me, "You know, it's all improvised." I said, "What does that mean?" I said, "I don't know. Just change the notes." So he he got me a, I think he got me a, like a lead sheet for all of me or something, and I would change all the notes, but it didn't sound right. So that was my adventure into jazz, you know, yeah, uh, in the beginning, and um. I was actually pretty good uh, classical violin player. I had a, a very good teacher, Russian uh, from the Russian school, and um, I was accepted at a very young age into a, a conservatory. Uh, okay. I think I was accepted around maybe I was ten. So I was already at the conservatory when this this story with the uh, uh, with the Corelli. And mm-hmm. I studied classical uh, violin. I studied for six hours a day uh, before school, after school, before dinner. I mean, there was the program. If you were accepted in that special program for, for, for children, you were expected to practice six hours a day, you know? Okay, yeah. And I was the only one in that uh, program, or it felt like it that it wasn't pushed by his parents. Because okay. my, 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 my folks, they went crazy <laughs> with all the practicing. <laughs> yeah. And they actually uh, put isolation in one room because they couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I was completely obsessed because the only thing I wanted to be able to do was actually play the Beethoven Violin Concerto. Okay. Uh, I still remember asking my violin teacher, like maybe after three months, like how long is it going to take me to be able to play that? And then she, she'd say something like, maybe when you're 15, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I, was, I was practicing like crazy, but then I also discovered in that time that I actually really didn't like. Um, the people in that scene you know in the classical scene okay because it was very competitive and it was all about who could play the best you know and then we all had to play the same uh, concerto or something and then oh yeah this -hmm. uh, David is playing it much better than you you know stuff like that and it was very (laughs) competitive and when I finished that education around 14 Mm -hmm. uh, when I did my exam um, I was I wasn't I was the weakest, I think, of all the students. I was still very good, uh, but the okay. weakest, and I felt like a like a loser, you know? And yeah. I didn't want to continue because I could continue uh, going into a uh, the next level of that uh, education, but mm-hmm. I decided against it and I wanted to do something else. So mm-hmm. I was still with my mind into the whole jazz thing. So I found mm-hmm. a jazz teacher and took was jazz about, violin teacher. Yeah, jazz violin teacher. And I took two, yeah, two to three years of lessons, but it it didn't take. Just because okay. and the reason was I came from classical and I had a teacher that said to me, you know, do this. And then next week you have to be able to play bar fifty till eighty. Mm-hmm. But my jazz teacher was like, Okay, what do you want to play? You know? It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to play? He said, Just play a song and then um i had to play a song and then i had to improvise on chords but I, I had no idea what chords were uh major minor didn't mean anything to me so he had to start with me from the beginning and it was yeah. just too much for me at that at that age like 15 i didn't get it and i th- i was thinking i'm too late <laughs> mm-hmm. because um in my classical studies they were always talking like you know uh little jimmy he he started when he was 4 you know, and i yeah. started when i was eight so i was like oh, already four years too late so i was like 15 that's probably much too late to start with jazz you know so i kind of gave up on that uh, after two years and um, i got hooked onto playing tango uh-huh. um, because it enabled me to still use my uh my violin chops as a war and my sound yeah. and be free because uh, in tango you can be very free with the music with the timing but I didn't have to improvise on chords, right? There was no, like, nobody said, you know, it's going to be rhythm changes. No, it was just like, play these notes that were on the paper, and I was good at that. That that was something I could Mm do. But then I was free to to embellish in any way I wanted. And um, that led to me uh, playing Mm -hmm. bandoneon because I was always playing with bandoneon players. And then Mm -hmm. I stopped playing violin altogether, and... um, got a tango orchestra i, I think i then I was like i started bandoneon when i was 19. and i had my own tango group when i was like maybe 21 22 and wow. that tango group became very successful mm. and i toured for, for with that group for 10 years okay so that is everything that happened before i actually started playing uh, gypsy jazz okay and the that tango stuff uh, you were were you were you you were writing the music weren't you i yeah that was my group and in, in tango the thing is um that your identity is is very much linked to your arrangements okay right so that's that's the thing in tango right you you there's no you you, you can go to the store and say i want to i want to have uh, music for uh, quintet with for the for la compresita or something that doesn't exist You got to arrange it yourself. So there's two things. You can either transcribe it from like famous recordings or you can arrange it yourself. So I started doing that. I started uh, both arranging and transcribing. And Mm -hmm. the the nice thing was because of my jazz violin lessons and uh, the focus on harmony with that teacher, although it didn't enable me to play jazz, it did give me very good insight into uh, harmony. So I was very natural uh, at arranging and yep. the, uh, yeah, there was something that was very much suited to me. So I wrote all that music yeah, for 10 years, which was also the reason that I quit because it was okay. just too much work. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Too much work because then you'd have to, you'd have to arrange, arrange stuff quite regularly then. You'd have to constantly be coming up with new stuff.
1: Well, every year there was a new concert tour Right. Mm-hmm. And we were and it was like maybe sixty to eighty concerts a year. Yeah. And I was expected to write new repertoire. Okay. And every year. And we started working with guests, you know, and, and they had their own wishes. And yeah. it was fun in the beginning. But mm-hmm. after a while, um it became so much work and it became such a thing that I kinda feared at the end of the tour. Yeah. And uh, that um yeah, it turned me off from playing tango, especially because during that time, I met uh, Stochel Rosenberg with the Rosenberg Trio. Yeah. Uh, I met him actually when I was arranging. I was arranging uh, some pieces for him, and another project uh, which I had, which was an orchestra, mm-hmm. uh, which I was conducting and arranging. So in that time, mm-hmm. I was was merely uh, a bandoneon player and an arranger, right? Mm-hmm. But I still had my violin. Yeah. So I I arranged for Stochler, I arranged Embraceable You and Nuage. And for Embraceable You, I had this one album that he played with Grappelli. He recorded one yeah. uh, album with Grappelli. And Grappelli was playing the, the the slow theme of Embraceable You. Yeah. And I played it with him. It was one of the first times I, I got my violin out of the case and played something. And mm-hmm. uh, while we were rehearsing, he was... He was nodding to me to give to do a solo, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. And he said, why, "Why are you not taking a solo?" I said, "Well, I know how it works, but I, you know, it's just I don't have a. I didn't use the word talent, but I I can't do it. I was too late, yeah. to uh, to learn it. Right? Not like you. You start, of course, when you were a kid. And he yeah. said, "No, that's that's a shame because you already have that sound of gripelli." Yeah. And I, I told, okay, you tell me how to learn this I said you know what you should do is just transcribe it was the yeah. first time that everybody that somebody told me transcribe every note that somebody else is playing so I started doing that I started yeah. transcribing Grappelli and I, mm-hmm. I started noticing that it started to work because um, all of a sudden I had like nice phrases to play over uh, chords okay yeah and because it was so much fun and um, much more fun actually than playing tango. And also because I had to write all these arrangements for tango, I became less and less interested in tango and more and more mm-hmm. interested in, uh, in playing jazz violin.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that, makes sense. Yeah, and um, I remember you telling me quite a while ago, actually, that when you started getting into playing uh, jazz, you changed your technique. You sort of changed your technique to to the sort of same technique that you saw Grappelli had used yeah um, it
1: was a it was a combination of things so um I I was do, do have you ever heard of of Sacha Bron, the Vaden teacher nope he's the teacher of Vaden uh, Rapin and Wengerov okay. right? right Like, like competition winners yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, my teacher came from a very similar school of teaching. And she was also uh, an admirer of uh, of Bron. Wait, this is uh, your came... teacher
0: when you were a kid, is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. And uh, Bron was... Um, he came he came actually to the, the Netherlands to visit uh, my teacher. Mm-hmm. And we saw uh, then the very young Repin and Van play. They were like maybe like three, four years older than me. And um, they were just... I mean... It was amazing to see It was also very depressing because I, at that time I realized immediately that's a level I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to make. And again, we were like, yeah, but they they started when they were two, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but the thing was uh, with that um, school that was all about pressure, yeah. you know, like big ball, lots of pressure. And you had to like really uh, press down with your left fingers on the fretboards. Yeah um to because the, the theory was that the harder you could press down the better your yeah. art- articulation in yeah. fast runs which yeah. m- which might be true and when you a teacher kid, you know, who
0: was who said that to me actually yeah, yeah.
1: i think it's a kind of russian russian sc- not the russian school that i do i'm playing in now but it's uh-huh. another russian school okay and um when you're you know when you are like under 20 that's all great mhm but then when you uh like reach 30 and and above that amount of strength that is necessary to play like that is starting to injure your yeah. hands, your shoulder, everything. Yeah. So when I started playing uh, jazz violin, I was of course studying uh, grappelli solos and I was searching frantically for videos of Grappelli. Yeah. Uh especially when he was younger because mm-hmm. um I, I just wanted to see how he played and then there was this yeah now it's you can it's easy easy to find but on youtube there's this clip where he plays with django uh right yeah train classic and um i saw that clip and i just noticed how easy it was for him to play violin i mean it looked so easy i I didn't see any stress i didn't see any apparent efforts it's also you can also see when he's older but when he was older, he wasn't playing like the high stuff as much, you know and um, mm. and when I saw that and still have have that amazing sound i I became very interested in what it was what he was doing, like the the way yeah. of uh playing so I started searching, and I came into contact with people that were schooled in um the Late Russian school. I'm not sure what if it's called the Russian late Russian school, but it's the school that produced players like uh, Milstein, okay. Heifetz, yeah, which was all about no shoulder rest, okay, and a Russian ball hold, right? Yeah. So then I and I then I watched Corpelli, and he wasn't playing with a shoulder rest. Now his ball hold, I'm not sure. It's very difficult to see. It could be French, uh, like the Franco-Belgian, that's the regular ball hold. Huh or it could be Russian, I'm not sure. But when I started um, diving into that material and started studying the Russian bow hold, I discovered that the Russian bow hold was actually a perfect way to uh, bow with the upper half of the bow, which is what you do when you play jazz. So that was it. When I discovered that uh, knowledge and also when I saw that that school was all about Relaxation and no pressure. As uh, like the thing is, you have to press down on the fretboard as light as possible. That okay. that's their thing. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Um. That's. I thought I'm gonna change my technique. So I changed my. I took maybe a year to two years, and I I had to start all over again, basically. Right. How
0: old were you when the, when you did this when you changed round?
1: Um. Let me see. I think. It was right after I met Stogelow. So oh. I think it was 27. I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I changed. I started, uh, I had to start all over again. And for yeah. for one year, that was very difficult because I, in the beginning, you're not able to do anything anymore. Right? You, you, you can't yeah. play, you can't change positions. <laughs> you can't play fast. <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> so it, yeah. it it took me another, like, two years to get to uh, my old level and then when I started yeah. playing with the Rosenberg trio which was yeah. shortly after that um, I discovered that uh, well that's no other thing but like I was talking about playing fast that they were playing so fast that yeah. I wasn't able to do that at all you know so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well they do play very fast they, they
1: play very fast but very clean
0: yeah actually but, I, yeah, I mean I, you were yeah I was just saying you would have been quite new to improvising, you know, improvising jazz at that point. So playing fast is uh, is is not something that you want to start with, and I imagine that must have been quite hard if you're starting by playing with the Rosenberg Trio. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's a, that's actually a funny story because the way that because I I still remember going to uh, the festival in luster Yeah, I saw you there last year. Right? Um, Leicester. It, oh, yeah, uh, it's, Gloucester. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Gossington, yeah. yeah, sorry, Gussington. yeah, Gossington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. Um, the first w- year I went, uh, was I uh, was 2010 or something, I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, maybe 2009. Mm-hmm. Something uh, I, I just started playing with the Rosenberg Trio, right? Right, yeah. uh, But I didn't know anyone except for the Rosenberg Trio. <laughs> Right. So <laughs> I came there and people were like, I, I, I could play a little bit and I play pretty pretty well um, mm-hmm. already. And I'm yeah. not the level that I'm I'm now, for example. But yeah, and uh, people were like, "Who do you play with?" You know, it's like I play with the Roseburg Trio. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like <"Well, laughs> who did you play with before? It's like uh, nobody. <laughs> so and the people were amazed. You know, like how did it happen? So the way that it happened was, um, so I met Stockholm f- for yeah. the orchestra project. Yeah. Uh, I wrote his arrangements. Uh, He motivated me to start practicing. Yeah. Uh, I changed my technique and started practicing jazz pretty much at the same time. But I didn't study any classical, for instance. So it was only technique and jazz, right? And then transcribing grappelli solos. So I transcribed like 60 grappelli solos. Wow. I did it for like seven hours a day. I was practicing only that stuff. So after two or three years of that, the Rosebud Trio actually changed management to my management, mm-hmm. like the oh, yeah. management of my of my Tango Orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my management was very strict about um, theater presentation. Like when they put a, a group in the theater, because they were about yeah. theater, were not about concert halls. They wanted a certain kind of lighting, and they wanted a certain kind of presentation, and. Like just the way that people should behave on a theater stage, which is quite different from a festival stage, okay, and yeah. because I was so experienced with that, they figured that I should be the one to kind of um, lead the way for the Rosewood Trio to get some of that uh, theater thing going, right? Okay. So they said, Christian, um, you do this tour, do this tour with the Rosewood Trio. You play some songs. Mm -hmm. But most of all, you make sure that it's a theater thing. Okay. And so that's how I started playing with the Rosebud Trio. And the first concert, I played nearly every song. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, the way they rehearse is that they never rehearse a whole song. Or they can do that. But usually it's like, okay, uh, one chorus solo, you know. Mm -hmm. So in the rehearsal was okay. But during the first concert, when Stochla was playing five choruses. Yeah. And... Of these f- super fast tempos, and I had to do it too. Yeah, I sucked. You no, know, I sucked <laughs> so badly that I felt horrible. And then I, I even felt more horrible after the concert when Nusche, the, the rhythm guitar player, came to me and he said to me, um, "Are we playing too fast for you?" <laughs> so, so then I Ooh, knew like everybody yeah. could hear it, especially them. And and I felt so bad. That made me feel very insecure about playing yeah. uh, fast, right? Yeah. So. They cut me out of all the fast songs, okay. more or less. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for that tour, the first, the first tour, I was only playing like medium tempo yeah. and, uh, and like doing the announcements and stuff. And I okay. also noticed, of course, during that time that Stochala was at such a high level that mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I needed to work even harder to yep. actually be anywhere close to, to being worth it. Playing with the Rosemary yeah. Trio, so yeah. the year after I didn't mm-hmm. tour with them, uh, yeah. and then but the, the the year after I did, and for the okay. whole year I practiced playing fast. That's the only thing I did, you know, yeah. super yeah. fast, super fast, yeah. and um, I. Uh, so the, the the second year I toured with them was much better. But then like the sixth or seventh year, um, those those fast tempos were no problem. Yeah, and and when people now ask me like. Um, because I hear people say, oh, it's so fast. They play so fast. I, I can see it. But the one thing that I learned from that is mm-hmm. the thing that Nush told me. He, he told me once, like because I was complaining, of course. Yeah. He told me, you know, if you can play fast, mm-hmm. you can play slower, too. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's true. Because now yeah. when I play like 240, 250, it's incredibly comfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah. For this many people is, it's oh that's fast, you know, but that's not fast for me, it's not fast. Yeah.
0: The thing is a lot of you know, there's a lot of contrary uh, advice to that as well though, because a lot of times you do hear people saying, Well, you need to learn to play slowly before you can learn to play fast. And so it to, yeah, to, yeah, can I be can, quite can confusing for people when they're yeah. when they're starting out. But I, I do agree with you, you need you know, if you're gonna play fast, you have to learn, you know, you have to practice doing that. It isn't just playing slowly and then you can play fast
1: exactly so that's the thing that like what you just said there is that if you want to play fast on stage you yeah. actually need to practice fast too yeah but you need to practice slowly first of course no I mm-hmm. understand that but there is you, but like you said there is some confusion about people thinking that the fast playing will just come if you yeah. practice long enough slow yeah, yeah. that's not the case because it's not only the it's not only the, the mechanics of it but it's also the thinking Mm -hmm. and you have to practice thinking that fast Mm -hmm. and the thing is if you practice that if you practice thinking fast then when the tempo gets slower then you will feel an incredible freedom yeah and it's actually very good for your creativity if you can play a good let's say good like like a professional at 300 then you can be be very creative at 250
0: yeah makes sense makes sense Uh, what would be interesting to uh, know is your sort of process of learning jazz so how you you know the best way that you think that someone should go about learning to play uh, to improvise on the violin i mean it it doesn't matter about the instrument so much because i know you play guitar as well but just your your sort of approach to to learning you know how 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 would you how would you say someone should go about it and for starting out for starting out
1: uh, so yeah. let's say you don't have any experience. Is, is what you're you asking? can
0: play. You can play the violin. You, okay, you've been. Yeah. You you the
1: to, yeah. Um, so the interesting thing is uh, about that is I teach at the Rotterdam University for the Arts. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, at this time, actually, I don't have any uh, main subject students because the ones yeah. I had, uh, they all graduated in the last two years. Yeah. So and of course, there is not a lot of people that want to do it. But I do mm-hmm. teach the occasional classical violin player who wants yeah. to learn something about jazz right yeah and they come into the lessons pretty much like I came into the lessons without mm-hmm. any knowledge yeah right so um, what I focus on with them and I think you that's a good thing is to focus on a a song or okay which song do you want to play that's yeah. the first thing right so and and of course they they can tell me any song but i make sure it's not too complicated so maybe they say like lady be good that's a good one yeah, right sure and then i start walking them through uh, the changes like success, mm-hmm. it starts like g and c7 what can we do with those two chords yeah All Right. so i show them i show them some lines i make them copy the lines yeah uh, i tell them, i'll oh, play this line but maybe start a little bit later or make an embellishment so i sh- i show them how they could practice it themselves because then the next step would be you know if you want to know if you want to learn more lines you should transcribe and that's my thing right i said you should transcribe stuff you like see what what those people are doing and then take those lines first of things practice those lines and then look at the lines what are they doing it's like oh so this guy when it's uh c7 he likes Mm -hmm. to play in f sharp or something so he likes to play so you could say sharp 11. So, yeah. okay, so make your own line with that F sharp. Now, see if you can come up with something that features that F sharp. So that's mm-hmm. the way I teach, right? I, I tell them to transcribe and then we analyze the transcription and try mm-hmm. to uh, translate the the lines into concepts. Mm-hmm. And I think okay. anyone can do that, especially today because you just go to YouTube and you type in the song that you like and yeah. you can you can watch 100, version, 100 versions and then... You just pick one that you really enjoy, or maybe just a yeah. part of it, and transcribe it. Start yeah. there.
0: Yeah. The thing is, though, nowadays there's so much stuff out there that people get a bit. You know, I think that that can be a, a sort of hindrance as well, can't it? I yeah. Think, you know, when there's when there's so much to look at, you're constantly going, "Oh well, maybe I should. Maybe I should learn this. Oh, this guy does it like this. Maybe I should do it like this guy. Or oh, this guy sounds like this. I like. I mean, I, actually, I. So I'm just I'm just talking from experience. <laughs> no, I know it's the my, same as for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My brain just constantly changes all the time. I'm always thinking, oh, I want to sound like this dude. Oh, I want to sound like this dude. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, th- that's that's actually very good, I think, because uh, people always ask me, "Okay, you're so you're transcribing, but now you're gonna sound exactly like, uh, like Sohnle Rosenberg, for example, when I for guitar, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, no, because I'm transcribing. Thirty other people too. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm practicing all that stuff. And of course, Mm -hmm. I can't remember everything. But what will remain is a combination of uh, of all of that, right? And I Mm -hmm. start combining Stockholm's ideas and concepts with uh, concepts of uh, Charlie Parker. Yeah. So what comes out is something new. Yeah. Yeah. Without being completely uh, unrelated to uh, the style of music I'm playing, of course so yeah. um that's the thing if you transcribe let's say there's two approaches to learning jazz i'd say of course you can mm-hmm. combine them but you could say okay we're gonna transcribe and we're gonna immerse ourselves in the tradition mm-hmm. of of great masters in the past or current masters mm-hmm. or we're gonna take the approach the theoretical approach and uh, learn the skills mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and everything that so mm-hmm. there's no really relationship to what I, what anyone else played mm-hmm. but then the, the the chances are that either you come up with something that you could also have learned from transcriptions, mm-hmm. or you come up with something that's actually theoretically correct but doesn't sound like, let's say, gypsy jazz. Just yeah. because there's no, it doesn't sound like it, and that's a very difficult concept to grasp. But you you know it when you hear it. Yeah. I mean, you've heard it. <laughs> yeah. You've heard people play and think, "Wow, that's." Those are some notes. But
0: <laughs> You just played some notes. Nice. Yeah, you,
1: yeah, you played some notes, and they were they were all in G or something, and by uh, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I do know, and I think that that's actually, um, yeah, you can hear it. You can, and it, uh, it is a thing that you hear from more from beginners, and I guess that do you think that's because a lot of the stuff that you find in. Um, well, maybe I'm I'm making an assumption myself here, and this is maybe what I think. But perhaps I think that it's because you a lot of the time that's what the books say. You know, the books say, "Look, I mean, I, I had this big jazz theory book when I was first getting into it by Mark Levine, and it was just oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, another one, yeah. It was just like get these scales, play them on these chords, and it was a, it was really helpful. But then I just thought that that's what you did, and I sounded rubbish, you know. <laughs> it, well, because that, that
1: I, approach comes, I think, from Berkeley, Right, the yeah. chord scale, uh, and this funny thing, because yesterday I was in the music store, just mm-hmm. uh, I had to buy a, a something for my guitar, and yeah. then um, I was waiting for them to get it in the back, and I, I I was standing next to the books, and I saw this one book, it, it was called Swing Guitar, yeah, and I <laughs> opened it, and the first page, uh, or like the, it said like take the A train, yeah, and then it had a written out solo or like it looked like scales, and then every yeah. chord. And I even, when there were two mm-hmm. chords in the bar, had yeah. uh, a skill above it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was so looking stressful. at instructions, and the instructions said, "Learn this solo, and learn from which skill every note it's part yeah. of." But then, when I, when you looked at the line, right, it just it was all notes from the G skill, for example. But because yeah. because the chords were A minor seven, D seven. Yeah. It's a Dorian A Dorian. B yeah. mixed Lydian. It's like this yeah. is not a way. I mean, apparently no. it is a way because there's many great players that come from Berkeley. Yeah. But this must be so incredibly boring in the beginning to practice because it's completely detached from from yeah. the end result. But you're not gonna play like that. You're not you're not gonna do that.
2: Yeah. I've never heard yeah. anyone
1: especially let's say swing music, because the book was yeah, called Swing. Totally. I've never heard I, you you can you can hear that when Charlie Christian plays or or Django, they're not doing that. No man, no no. They're, they're just making very nice melodies. Yeah. That somehow also relate to the harmony. Yeah, right? and it's it usually relates
0: to like one key. You know, you could like it relates to if it's in G, it relates to the G major scale, and they're using that scale and they're just going between around the harmony. That's that that's sort of what it is, right?
1: Yeah, and then and they're using loads of arpeggios, of course. Yeah, sure. For for instance, Django, he he loved to use a augmented arpeggio, right? Yeah. And of course, he wasn't thinking, okay, when the D seven comes, <laughs> I'm gonna play D augmented. No. He just no. knew that sound on his guitar as a beautiful sound to play on that chord.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I don't care if you know it's de augmented. Just if yeah. you, it's, I always say that in my videos. I have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in almost every video, I say, um and I show something and then I say you know it's de-augmented but actually I don't care about the theory I always say that and the reason I say it because I get a lot of flack for it like people say why do you want to why are you saying that you should be uh, trying to learn as much as possible why are you telling other people not to worry about theory but the Mm -hmm. reason I say it is because I try to stress the importance of getting the sounds in your head like the sound of it just you know that that's thing sounds great mm-hmm. and you know when to play it that's all yeah. you know you don't have to know yeah. it's de-augmented and the, no. the problem is you, you of course you could know it's de-augmented but the problem is a lot of people they get completely lost in the theoretical knowledge yeah. right they can say oh de-augmented but you know you could also play and they list off a bunch of other things no just mm-hmm. let me hear it let me yeah. hear what it sounds like and then if I'm attracted to it I'm gonna transcribe it and then yeah. play it too
0: yeah 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 that makes sense i mean i mean i think i think that's how most people do think about it it's just it's I, I guess it um you know it's it's just a way of explaining isn't it theory i mean i like to know everything that's going on and i feel like but then some people don't like some people they don't need to know it or it, they don't want to know it and and they can still get that sound anyway because they've transcribed loads
1: well yeah i i was exactly the same i wanted to know everything but that's also because of my first teacher who was very much about theory right very much and i and i'm very thankful because because of him i know yeah. a lot about theory so yeah. and that's very useful was very useful when i was arranging but when i met yeah. stochlo i met someone who knew nothing like uh-huh. he didn't even you could you could tell him like b flat it means nothing to him yeah. Right now it means something to him. That's because of the Rosenberg Academy, which is this side that we have, uh-huh. right? Uh, and so we do workshops together, and people ask questions. And of course, when you ask questions and when you talk about music theory, is very handy because now we can talk about something. But of course, he's sitting there, and then people ask him, um, "When Stockholm plays over B-flat major seven, uh, uh-huh. does he like to play the 9 I know. And then I, yeah. I have to translate it to Stockholm, and then I just show him on the guitar. It's like when you play this chord. <laughs> Do you, you like to play this note, right? But because he hears it over and over, now he knows like B flat. He knows G, yeah. but he, he yeah. doesn't know B flat major seven. It means nothing to him. It doesn't. Yeah. But if you play a B flat major seven, if he hears that, mm-hmm. he he can play like for four hours interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. The reason is because he just knows what sounds good on his instrument. Yeah. On yeah. certain chords or certain progression or, or certain songs, and yeah. so when I met him and I saw his approach, it was a, an eye-opener for me, because mm. he was only busy with sound, yeah. right? Like, what sounds good when? Yeah. And, and you know, and I couldn't even talk to, I couldn't even ask him a theoretical question, because he would never be able to answer me. Instead, he would say, well, show me, right? Yeah. And that was just, approach was such an eye-opener, so that's the thing I try to uh, stress in my videos. Yeah. Uh, and also when i teach when i teach jazz violin now uh, violin players they are a little bit different from guitar players because violin players of course they usually study classical and they they know the location of all the notes on the neck uh, because that's that's the thing you can read music so then i i talk more into uh, to talk to violin players i do use note names and um, sure right but i'm I'm still talking about sounds, so it's like, like there, there's this uh, C chord. I say, you know, let's try this C minor 6 arpeggio, right? Yeah. And then I'm, I show them the notes. and say, OK, let's improvise with those notes. But I'm never, I'm never saying, you know what we're going to do? We're going to try to play a part of the blues scale. Uh, and we add a, you know, I'm not, I don't do that. I just talk yeah. about a certain sound over a certain chord or a certain chord progression. And with yeah. guitar players, I would show them a shape. And mm-hmm. with violin players, I would say those notes, but but some people say, okay, but what 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 is this A on C? What is it? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. can think and say, oh, it's a six, you know, but yeah, th- that is not important to me. Okay, yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I I I sort of agree
0: with you. I just do think I think everyone has a different way of learning, though. That's the only thing, you know. For me, well, I don't know, yeah, because I know that when I started, I wanted to know what was going on, and and then. I th- I think I would have always wanted to know what was going on, and some people would have never wanted to know what's going on, and they would just end up learning what's going on as they as they progress. You know, I don't know. I, just, I think people people are different. I guess.
1: If I think if you're a teacher, yeah, and a workshop teacher, it's very good to know to know yeah, these things totally. just so you can yeah. answer t- uh, questions and also you can talk about it. Yeah. But if you are just at home practicing, uh, for for instance, mm-hmm. I, I do remember I was transcribing a Chopin solo on Django's Tiger yeah right it's, it's a terrible key a a, a is a terrible yeah. key people always say why I say because there's only one song in a <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's jaco's tiger so you never practice playing in a so for guitar players of course yeah. no problem because it's the same as g it's only Just two go. frets up it
2: <whistles> but on but violin it's
1: it's yeah but grappelli plays a great solo in Django's tiger and is it the point, is it
0: the really chilled is it the sort of is it a really chilled recording and he said he's very is really relaxed the way he plays is it that one
1: yeah, it's, it's just the original recording with the famous Django solo. Like, yeah, 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 the, yeah. Everybody, there's no theme to Django's Tiger. Yeah, you know, They they're, they're just playing they just, Tiger Rec, but then only yeah. the the improv part. So yeah. the the thing, the theme that everyone always plays, which is just Django's improvisation, that yeah. recording. Yeah. So it starts with guitar, but then grubelli comes in.
2: It's
1: a great solo. He starts with a little like cheesy, a bluesy lick, yeah. but then one point on A, he's playing a B half diminished arpeggio. Yeah. Right. So when I was transcribing this it made absolutely no sense to me. Uh-huh. It's like but it sounded great, you know. Yeah. So I was actually at that time I was still like can I play it even if I know, if I don't know what it is? Yeah. It's like I was kind of hesitant. Yeah. It's like no I shouldn't be, I shouldn't play it because I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. of course I did do it and it sounds great. in fact when I do this some people they say what is that? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, and then I don't say to them, you know, it's I'm playing a retardation on the one chord, and you can do yeah. it both with half diminished diminished or yeah. double diminished. I, I do know these things. Yeah. No, I said them, you know, I got this from Grappelli. Yeah. It's on Django's yeah. Tiger. Listen to that solo. Because it is great, not only because it's this thing, but it's also because it's part of a of a of a amazing solo. Which yeah, you yeah. should hear it in its com- in its the complete solo. Right? Yeah, so yeah. Um and then I would maybe in a lesson say, Okay, let's try this. Let's try this song in G and now you play when when I play the G chord you play A half diminished. Now I maybe yeah. I would say that, you know, But yeah, uh, I don't care. If they would ask me why does it work, mm-hmm. I can explain it, but that's not the interesting part of it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, I need to check that out actually. I need to I'm gonna look for the uh, B half diminished on the A major.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that's the thing I do a lot, right? So there, if the chord is G. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk some theory. I like to play A half diminished, or I like to play G diminished, or I like to play um, E flat seven
2: over
0: a and G. Yeah.
1: So th- those okay. are the the those are the sharp the raised for a uh, subdominance, uh-huh. um, which I found out later, of course. Yeah, uh, which is part of of classical theory. It's just uh, It's called the German, the German or the French, the German, the French, and the English subdominant, something like that. That's that's okay. the, the the term for it. Uh, but it's just it's a great sound. So that that that's a trick I use on the one chord, and I, Sorry, that's the way I, I, I don't would think I understand. It, right? I
0: don't think I understand it. So you got you're in G, and you would play. Yeah. You say an E flat, uh, E flat seven over a G. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. because
1: okay. if you. So the 4 of G is C, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if you raise the C to a C sharp, that yeah. degree is is the raised yeah. fourth degree of yeah, subdominance yeah. and there's a couple of them. there's C sharp diminished which is the same as huh. G diminished. Yeah. There is a uh, C sharp double diminished uh-huh. which is the same as E flat 7. Yeah. Uh it's a it's a inversion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and um Okay, yeah, so the a diminished is something else, but th- uh, that kind of sound is just a retardation of the one chord, yeah, so
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: you could sense. even play uh, A seven also if you mm-hmm. want, which is also yeah. if you if you look at from the c sharp, so those those kind of sounds are are great, they are wonderful on the one chord, and both Django and Gropelli use this, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah,
1: so i I hear guitar players do this all the time, uh like Stochler would do this all the time he would, he be playing D diminished on d. But yeah. violin players, they rarely do this.
0: I I know it's yeah it's, it's 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 what you're saying seems quite similar to the just playing like sort of looking at a a one major chord as a diminished chord for a moment is that sort of quite close to what you're saying?
1: Well, that is it. That that's it. But it's not actually one diminished, or you could call it that. But it's actually the raised four. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. if you think in G and you think of C diminished, yeah, uh, C sharp diminished, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that's... So it's C-sharp, E, G, B-flat. So the B-flat would resolve to a B, uh-huh. right? And the C-sharp would resolve to uh, to the D uh-huh. and E2. So yeah. the, the the logical uh, progression would be C-sharp diminished to uh-huh. G in the third inversion, yeah, right? Uh, and then to D7, mm-hmm. G. So it, that's a classical uh, progression. C-sharp right. diminished, G mm-hmm. with a D in the bass, mm-hmm. D7... Or mm-hmm. D, G. That's a classical, uh, the classical yeah. progression that is in, in lots of classical pieces, mm-hmm. and that's where this one diminished comes from. It comes from that C sharp diminished resolving to the G, and because it resolves yeah. to the G, you mm-hmm. can also play it on G as a kind yeah. of uh, retardation sound. Right, everything yeah. that resolves to the one, you can play on the one.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: makes sense. Yeah, it's good sound. Um, yeah. What I was un- We'll move on now to your videos because okay. you've recently start. Well, you've been doing video. You've been doing like online videos for a long time, right? YouTube videos for a
1: long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You you had the the uh, Rosenberg Academy. So you've been doing that for a long time. Well,
1: yeah, but that's a paid thing, of course. But uh, my uh-huh. own YouTube channel. Um,
2: yeah.
1: You know, um, I think I told you once before, but uh, the reason so uh, my YouTube channel, I, I, I tried out different formats. And mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, most guitar players would know the format called uh, Gypsy Jazz Replay, uh-huh. which was a, ver- a lot of fun, but it was very much involved to make that. And then I mm-hmm. migrated into this thing called Gypsy Jazz Quick Tips, yeah, which was still a lot of work. So after eight episodes, I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then I came up with a thing I'm doing now, but the mm-hmm. thing to know about this is, which is I've told no one in public yet, is that all these formats, they are copies of gaming channels. Uh, no. Because uh, I grew up with, uh, with, with gaming, you know, computer gaming, yeah. and I don't have time to play computer games, but I do enjoy watching shows about gaming. That's the way I still connect to that side of me. So you still, is, watch, uh, you still watch videos of gamers? yeah you know i watch like street fighter tournaments and uh <laughs> like uh twitch twitch tv that's uh that's the, the gaming the platform for gamers to stream i watch that sometimes i'm I'm practicing my technique yeah and with a metronome and then i'm also watching twitch you know so yeah. but i saw these gamers <laughs> with uh, i i enjoy watching these shows that's the first thing like it, it seems kind of strange because you're not playing the games yourself you're watching other people play but it's just a lot of fun because it kind of reminds me of the time I was playing so I was like I somebody's got to make these kind of shows for for Gypsy Jazz right so I started copying these formats like a couple of gamers uh, playing a game and then um, analyzing what they did afterwards right they're playing uh, uh I don't know Starcraft and then afterwards they were interviewed about what happened and they would say you know what like ah. two minutes fifty, I tried to build this tower. So when I made the Gypsy Jazz replay, we were doing the same thing. we were playing a song, and I was like, Yeah, one minute thirty I played this lick, which I got from Django. So it, it's it's <laughs> it's really a carbon copy of those shows. But nobody okay. ever ever said it to me, you know. So yeah. I I probably there's not many gamers in Gypsy Jazz. I don't know.
0: I feel like uh, there, I think that there will be a lot of gamers in in Gypsy Jazz. I, I yeah, don't know it why. Be,
1: right? It feels like it feels like there there should
0: be or it, it just feels yeah i don't know maybe people are too too embarrassed to um to come out with it really yeah, yeah I, mean, you, uh, I mean you you've only yeah. just come out with it
1: so. <laughs> yeah but I was never an opportunity i mean this is the first time yeah, somebody yeah. asks me uh about my videos i mean right yeah yeah in yeah. an interview right i'm not embarrassed yeah. at all i mean it's just if you come <laughs> to no, my house if you come to my house you can i have a i have an xbox and i have a playstation yeah I I don't have time to play it, but yeah. Um, So
0: you you used to play a lot, though. Like, what? What did you? What did you like playing? Uh, Let me see. Not that I know Uh, that much. I'm not like a a, right. So I
1: played a lot of Street Fighter. Um, Okay.
0: um, Street Fighter. When? When was this? Like which Street Fighter? I
1: still play Street Fighter now. But um, I used to play like Street Fighter One, Two so uh, I did I used
0: to play that when I was a little kid
1: yeah me too yeah when I look at and I played uh of course Mortal Kombat and then I, I started yeah. playing all those um uh like um, open world games like uh, yeah, GTA yeah. I pretty much yeah. played all the Grand Theft Autos yeah um, you can go um, down a like, hole with that
0: can't you <laughs>
1: yeah, there is and there is one uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, which one is it no there's one game called Mafia and oh, yeah. there's a lot of Django uh, in there you that.
0: know that's that's true. I haven't played Mafia, but uh, you know what this is actually you were saying that you don't think there's many gypsy jazzers. I think there's a lot of people I've spoken to people who said that they heard Django first by playing mafia that's not it's yeah i I know some people I'm not gonna name their names but uh, and that's that's how they got into it
1: so well, there's more yeah. games even because uh, um, uh Bioshock you know Bioshock no. Like the first one there's there you you hear um which sound do you hear because in in mafia you hear i think it's belleville all the time yeah and in bioshock I th- maybe it's nuage but there's also you hear Django a lot so yeah, um, yeah. i was very happy to hear that of course <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I already knew what it was but uh <laughs> Uh, but uh, in fact, if you play uh, Grand Theft Auto, there is and in, in the, when you steal a car, you can put the radio on any channel you want. But there is all yeah. There used to be jazz channels there, so I was always driving around the cities with jazz on the channel. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. Did you not used to be able to put like, like, music from your um,
1: like that you've put on your system? I'm sure that yeah, was the you, case, that's yeah, it? the old ones, but in the new ones you can do that. So, yeah. uh like the newest Grand Theft Auto, uh, which is Grand Theft Auto 5, I think. Yeah. Which is the one in LA. You can do that. Yeah. But there's lots of the le- radio channels, but uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Re- th- gaming doesn't really work if you want to practice, does it? If you get into gaming. I've noticed that because I did I um, borrowed my brother's PlayStation most what is it? The PlayStation 4. 4, yeah. When he was away, when he was away on holiday and uh, my practice regime just basically melted into nothing for about like a month or so and i had to sort of just had to just break away from it or i would just or i would never practice again <laughs> i don't know it's, yeah it's, it's, well that's
1: think- that's the thing right so i'm I'm very happy that i'm so obsessed with uh, practicing music <laughs> yeah because that's the only thing stopping me from uh, being obsessed with uh, uh what is out now uh, uh like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is the the big open world game now. Right. but I yeah. have it. I bought it because I cannot not buy it. But I played yeah. it for like three hours, and then you know. <laughs> and but you can play the game for eighty hours if you want to, or longer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I need to practice. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm more obsessed with uh, practicing music than playing games. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I connect mm. to gaming, is uh, is through uh, Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, and then I watch every review and uh, I watch everything like mm-hmm. uh, Angry Joe and ranks So, but mm-hmm. those shows inspired me to make my own videos. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny, of course, because most people think it is because I want to share my. I do, <laughs> <laughs> but that was not the inspiration. The inspiration. So or people think, oh, you watch these other uh, channels with music educators. Mm-hmm. I don't watch a single one. You know right uh, and that's also that's why my formats they are maybe different because they're not based yeah. on on those formats they're they're based yeah. on gaming channels except mm-hmm. for my last format which is just me sitting and teaching yeah and the reason i chose that format is because it's the easiest to to make for me because I, I would mm-hmm. love to do a more elaborate thing with m- multiple cameras yeah but you know these these gamers they have like four million subscribers and they have a whole yeah. team right yeah. and they pay people i i I mean, I have now have like 9,000 subscribers almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't pay people. For- <laughs> so I, yeah. I needed the format with one camera and no, almost no editing. And uh, yeah. that's the format I have now, which is the mm-hmm. most successful also. So. Mm. Yeah. So
0: actually the question that I was going to ask you, it, wasn't, it was maybe I, I, you've basically had some, uh, you've recently had a lot of sort of um traffic right like you, it, you, it's recently sort of more b- like it was maybe blown up a little bit for you there you've done you've got more people watching you now and you've recently had quite a lot of uh well a couple of
1: uh trolls is that right <laughs> so yeah the the thing is i had <laughs> one viral video okay uh, and it was a complete accident so you have to imagine i had before the viral video i think i had 2900 subscribers which uh-huh. i managed to gather in like years like, yeah Gypsy just replay. Now I have 9,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5,000 of the subscribers came in the last month. Wow. And it's because of that viral video. And mm-hmm. I didn't plan on making a viral video. Yeah. And most of my videos, they take some preparation, sometimes a lot, because I need to practice, you know, I'm, I need to do something to show. So I'm, I usually mm-hmm. take things I'm practicing myself. I need to write tap and then I need to. Pre- to show it, demonstrate it. Of course, I make a mistake, I have to do it again. Stuff like yeah. that. But that video was like, I just I just came from, I think I came from a rehearsal where people were behaving in a way that I didn't like, like testing right. other people's ears. Like, okay, so no, yeah. those are the wrong chords. Let's play these chords and then playing those chords without saying them, right? Mm. And I hate that because I, yeah. I think it excludes many people that mm-hmm. cannot hear it and then they they can't say it because they they when they it's say so it then, so i always say i don't hear shit i would say just <laughs> what are yeah. those the names yeah even though usually i do hear it but i just wanna i hate that attitude so yeah. i came home and i think in kind of not angry but kind of like somebody's got to say something about this practice yeah i made that video which is called uh, the only skills you need to be To become a good jazz musician, hint: it's Mm -hmm. not ear training. Uh And I just put the camera there and I talked for half an hour without a script, without any preparation, and I didn't play. I played like five notes in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and that video got forty thousand views in the first week, and now it's almost at one hundred thousand. Yeah. And. Yeah, so a lot of people wow. watched that, and, and in the beginning, the f- the first week was hilarious because, of course, then you're obsessed with the, the statistics app to see what happens. And that yeah. first week, that video was shared constantly through wow. uh, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, like the whole day, like every mm-hmm. every second that that thing was shared. So lots of people were either very angry with uh, the video, with the message, <laughs> or they really liked it, and they were sharing it with all their other friends, yeah. right? Which is what happens when a video goes viral. Yeah. And um, and then yeah, it's like lots of people came out of the whoop work. Um, yeah. Uh, th- really liking it, but you know, of course there was many people that really, really were mad with me, saying yeah. that I was like poisoning the the minds of young musicians with my mm. garbage, and uh, and sending me very angry messages. Uh, yeah. Still and, and it still happens today, and sometimes. The messages get so uh, poisonous almost uh, that yeah. I I share them on Facebook. And, you know, yeah. not because I'm bothered by them. I'm not bothered by them at all. I just yeah. find it very amusing. Yeah. So I sometimes I engage with these people just for fun. Yeah. And now I do it especially to make this entertaining Facebook uh, threads. <laughs> <laughs> and it works because I put these messages on Facebook. And normally I put a message like, "Yeah, I'm playing there and there," and I get like ten likes. And, uh, and, and nobody comments but I put yeah. this on Facebook and that's <laughs> like 60 comments because you know people want to talk about it stuff so yeah and I mean, I, the internet I, yeah, trolls are I, funny yeah they're very yeah. funny so and I always have the option because people they they message me like why are you doing this you know it's, it's this is bad for your mental health and uh but it isn't because you know I don't really care no, there are well, people as long can as it do doesn't whatever. bother you it yeah. doesn't bother me at all and i can always block the people or uh, yeah, yeah. like delete the threats Which i which i sometimes do some people get yeah. so violently aggressive in the mm-hmm. common threads that i have to really like block them so really
0: it's crazy to get to get that um to get that worked up over
1: uh over music isn't it yeah but so when you read these posts so this is just these are just I I'm just guessing guessing right yeah. I'm not sure but uh, probably I said some stuff in there which is very much I think the people that are get that get that angry are either people that have their own students and are saying the opposite thing mm-hmm. and maybe the students saw that video and think mm-hmm. yeah you 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 training uh all these hearing all these inversions but this guy. This random guy on on YouTube says that it's it's bollocks to do that. So yeah. that it's either people that teach themselves and feel threatened by yeah. my message, or it's people that um, come from the opposite, so like they they are doing the opposite thing, and uh-huh. they did never reach the level that they think they should have reached. Yeah. So because I think if you're a really good musician, like, and you're secure about it why yeah. are you commenting on that video why know? do you care yeah there's no reason for it <laughs> yeah in I fact I, I i'm not sure if i told many people but uh two very famous jazz musicians and i'm i'm, I'm talking about like super famous like yeah everybody has cds they messaged me in private yeah to tell me that they love the video oh really and when we meet i will tell you the names <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> well i wanna you know they send me private messages for a reason because they know of course yeah. if they would say that on the video they would i don't know i they would get the same hate, amount of hate. i don't know what happened
0: yeah but hey wait, wait actually you know what you should explain because i don't think we've explained exactly what you said in the videos you know what what exactly so, is your message that's pissed so many people off
1: so in that f- video specifically um i say that there's too much focus Mm -hmm. Uh, in education yeah i don't say it like that actually i say you know what you don't need to be able to do is be able to uh hear chords Uh or or do any kind of training ear training in that regard. yeah and um there so i came from that rehearsal but what also happened was that i the day before i think I saw a video of a very good guitar player teaching and streaming live, and he's a very mm-hmm. good guitar player, right? Excellent guitar yeah. player. And there was this one student, uh, an older guy, and mm-hmm. he said, you yeah, know, I have, I wanna be able to solo on the blues. Yeah. And then uh, the guy said, okay, so play something. And this guy was struggling. Like he was struggling with technique. He was struggling with lots of things like playing the wrong notes. Mm-hmm. And then instead of like working on that, you know, saying like These here's some technique exercises and, you no, know, you could play this kind of shape over g7 no he said yeah. okay um put your guitar away oh no he didn't say that he said okay can you hear which chord i'm playing mm-hmm. and the guy said no i have no idea mm-hmm. and then he played another chord and the guy said no, you okay. see he? he said that's the problem you need to train your ears and then he said put your guitar away and he managed to work for one hour to mm-hmm. get this guy to hear inversions of a triad
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then there was an update like there was an old video like five months later uh, there was an update and this guy worked for five months with an app to try to hear inversions yeah all right so and then the the whole lesson was like which inversion am i playing first or second and i was i i was kind of mad because this guy paid for this lesson and the only thing he was being taught was to hear inversions i know let's say he would be perfect at that yeah he would still suck at playing a blues that that's the reason i made the video
0: so i mean that does make a lot of sense what you say but then i guess i think maybe when people see the maybe people see the title and they think that you're saying you know if they have if they don't re listen to the whole video a video especially if the video is like half an hour long yeah it's really a lot long. of times people probably you know people just don't i bet these guys didn't even watch the whole thing you know i think and so. then they see yeah. they see this the the video title which is which maybe suggests or it doesn't even suggest but people could take from that that you're not into any ear training whatsoever and then they're going to go well, I don't agree with you and then of course the, these are crazy people and the more people you get watching your videos the more likely you're going to get a crazy person isn't it? Yeah. So how and, many, how many watches happens, have you yeah. had?
1: How many views? Uh, now it's, uh, it's, it's close to 96,000 96, <laughs> and, and I put the video up in February. Wow. So, so I mean there's gonna yeah. be
0: someone crazy in ninety six thousand people, isn't there?
1: Yeah, be... and it's getting still, it's getting five thousand views per week. So really? yeah. I mean I made lots of other videos after that and nothing comes close to the, yeah. the the views of that video in uh I mean and the second video I'm the second watch most watched video I made is called Forget About modes No. So it's yeah. it's all about the title. Uh, but you're yeah. right. I think these people, they're not watching the video. You know, they watch yeah. the first 10 minutes and then they, yeah. they get mad and they scroll down to watch for other commenters. Yeah. And, and then you latch onto one saying that I suck, you know. And then yeah. they feel like, okay, yeah, this guy's right. I'm going to write <laughs> something too. Yeah, I, I, this guy agrees with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they say, I agree with you completely, Bob. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People love that. People love to just get angry
1: you know <laughs> but there's also this very excuse. funny forum thread on uh, a guitar forum uh-huh also this video was shared on pretty much every guitar forum you could think of yeah um it was uh it was I saw this thread I never commented on this thread but like, I find them of course yeah and then there was this guy's yeah watch this video it's very unusual um I'm not sure what to think of it and then then so the next enters oh this is like a bullocks it's some amateur and yeah. then the third video is, um yeah, I watched some video of him playing. He's actually pretty good. <laughs> and then yeah. um, a lot of people start, yeah, that is it's puzzling. And then one guy said, I know what it is. He's trying to sell his his course, you know. He's <laughs> just lying. <laughs> like, yeah, this guy is <laughs> lying. Um, he's not telling the truth. He just wants to sell you his course, and then this other guy said, But there's nothing for sale. Like, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> in three months he will have this course that will make you into uh Gilad Hexamon in five days, yeah. you know so yeah. people they think i'm either lying or yeah. people that don't understand what i'm saying they think i'm either lying or i'm an amateur one of those yeah it might, yeah. Like,
0: it might yeah. be just people don't understand like i think that people like to people like like big statements and i guess that title was was and i guess the whole point of the title was to be a big statement to get people in you know and well, i think when I think people like yes or no they're like well is he saying yes or no you know does he yeah. mean <laughs> Yeah. hearing or not hearing and i guess you're saying well just a bit of everything mate you know you got to do it. and and they then they're thinking all right so you said no no hearing you know and it's but just but you saw people the video like did
1: you see you see the yeah, video yeah i saw the
0: video yeah 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 so i saw the video what
1: yeah. did you think when you saw the title of yeah
0: but when i see the tit- when i saw the title i perhaps did have that reaction maybe not i was i maybe looked at it and thought yeah, I don't know about that. But then you listen to the video, and you're right. You know, I, I agree with you. It isn't. Um, it isn't all about. It isn't all about hearing which note is on which chord at all times. You want to be able to do it. And any time I've ever done any ear training, I've come away from it. You know, I think it's done me good. Totally, it's done me loads of good. But it's not. If I had only done ear training, I wouldn't be able to play a jazz solo. I, I would just have good ears. Um, right yeah Yeah. you just have
1: good ears and um that's what i that's what i also say in the video i've i've seen so and all the comments too i've seen so many people i've encountered so many people in my life as a Mm -hmm. musician that played absolutely amazing like much better than me yeah but i hear more than they yeah right because i have perfect pitch so right uh, there are people actually in the video i i say at one point i have perfect pitch but i say it very when i say i don't want to say it because i know when i said that the people say oh yeah you have perfect pitch so it's easy to say for you you know how can you say uh, say something like that with perfect pitch but the reason actually the reason i make these statements Mm -hmm. is because i know that perfect pitch is not yeah a a pathway to playing good jazz solos because i had perfect pitch since i was eight probably or something like or when i discovered it at 10 and then um i couldn't play a jazz solo for many years mm-hmm. after that yeah so and i've i've encountered people like uh, well-known people in rehearsals mm-hmm. where they had to copy a special and yeah. they, and five notes and they would hit all the wrong notes all the time really? uh, until somebody said no it's like a c sharp e. okay yeah then they had it so yeah. and i was like okay so these people they can play great solos yeah. on any kind of progression uh-huh. But they cannot copy this five note thing which I can do like in my sleep. Yeah. Apparently those two skills are in no way related. Yeah. Because these people, when they play solos, they still hear all those lines in their heads. Yeah. And they're not surprised by their own lines, but they're yeah. playing stuff that they know sounds good. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you know what sounds good, you just play what sounds good.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I uh I I yeah I I can agree with you. Um and, and I, I definitely so agree with you th- enough to not send you death threats anyway. <laughs>
1: wow. It, there's of course I mean you did an interview with Cha. Yeah. So Cha has maybe w- w- some of the best ears yeah. I've ever I've ever encountered. And th- so there is exceptions of th- I think there are people that can actually come up with with genius melodies in their head. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, without having ever like thought this out or transcribed it or combining things they transcribe but they just hear these melodies yeah and then they and because they have such good ears and uh, they can translate it to their instrument immediately yeah. yeah right so i can what i hear i can translate it to my instrument but i might not when i would only trust on my what I hear and not, so of course now I hear all kinds of lines because I transcribe, but that's before that. Mm -hmm. Then the lines I would actually play would not be interesting. So with with Ja, I think he listened to so much music that probably the stuff he hears is, probably it's the same thing, you know? He always says to me, no, I never transcribed, but because he listened to so much music and was always involved with music, that's, for him, that's already transcribing. You know, I need, yeah. I need more time. So I need to sit down and figure it out because my ears are not that fast, right? I have perfect yeah. pitch, but if you play f- uh, 50 notes in a row, I won't remember the first 40. Yeah. But Cha, I think he would remember it. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. maybe his memory that is so good because he hears a piece of music and he will remember it forever. And it's almost <laughs> like instant transcribing for him. Yeah. Because yeah. when he plays, the lines that he plays, they are not, they're still very much... Tri- like connected to tradition right it's not like yeah. oh, i've never heard anything like this before yeah so the process is probably the same but he yeah. he he he, not, he doesn't need the time to sit down and transcribe
2: yeah he's and, got a and really most people memory, do. He?
1: yeah yeah most people do i think i i need it uh i think let's say 89 98 of people it. actually need to sit down and transcribe slowly i totally do i
0: totally do uh, yeah, and I think you're right. Most people probably do. Well, that's the thing: is your videos are uh, not you're not aiming your videos for uh, musical geniuses. I know that sound I mean, that may sound a bit harsh, but you know, you're not. You're not aiming your your video isn't aimed to teach someone like Char how to learn changes. It's teach no, people who that. who <laughs> who who need help. You know, like a, like a lot of a lot of us do, and that's what the videos are there for. So you are. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. You're you're that yeah it makes sense
1: yeah do you transcribe? just um me yeah
0: yeah yeah i do yeah i think i've never i've never been very good at getting whole solos down but um i've i have done a bunch of times because i I went to i studied a a jazz course for three years and um we had to do we had to one of our modules was was actually to like to get down like it was like 10 minutes of, of of solo you know, which is quite yeah. a lot actually, if you, when you've got loads of stuff going on. But yeah, and I've always transcribed. I'm I'm at the moment I'm 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 working on
1: Charlie Parker over Cherokee. Oh yeah, oh, that's a great solo. Have you tra- have you uh, transcribed that? Yes, I've transcribed that. Have and, you? Uh, no. Actually, yeah. Because did you ever see just you know, Charlie Parker? He was obsessed with Cherokee. Yeah. Um. And uh, I saw a documentary about it. He was like obsessed yeah. with that song. So. Uh, actually he wrote a are, are you describing coco no
0: no it's it's it no it's uh it's parker's early recording which is just him and yes guitar. right
1: but also check out the one uh coco because that's the okay yeah the, that's just that's too right so then he is yeah, more yeah. Uh, evolved already but yeah that's that's yeah, a great I solo i
0: mean for yeah. me that 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 solo that that early one is like the best And i've been trying okay. to be honest i've been working on it for a for like years i feel, i'm really bad for like going in and out so i started it maybe two years ago um and then sort of stopped because i just got ah, oh, I'm, I'm done you know it's just it just it just disappeared out of my and then i suddenly went god I... actually what made me do it again was seeing um i'm friends with matt glasser on facebook do you know matt glasser mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. well mm-hmm. he he put up a video of one of his students playing it playing it along with the recording and she plays it Absolutely, perfectly. Like it's unreal, and I just saw it and was like, "God, I've got to do that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should check it out. Actually, you should check check it out. I, I've got the video. I can send you a link to it because she does it. Really oh, nice. Well. Yeah, I want to check it
1: out. Sort of. But I think what a, you just described, yeah, is the way. Right? You want to transcribe until yeah. you've had fed up with it, and then you just yeah. stop. Because if you kind of force yourself, I don't think that's that's healthy. I mean, I transcribe at any. Point in time, I'm transcribing like 15 people at the same time, you know. Right. And I never, yeah. t- I never transcribe a whole solo. I mean, I, sometimes I do, but so you used to like, though, right? Yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, that's the way I started. Right. My source for violin was only Grappelli in the beginning. Yeah. Uh
2: huh.
1: And so I transcribed complete solos of Grapelli, uh Wrote yeah. some down, but at one point that was too much work, so I just started uh, like memorizing them. Yeah. And that was very helpful. But of course, it made me sound exactly like Grappelli. Yeah. Which made me very happy, of course. Yeah. But uh, I, I also realized that that was not the way. So, I mean, that's uh-huh. not, I, I wanted more. So I just started transcribing other people. And then I noticed, okay, if I transcribe like parts of this solo and parts of that solo, and I started seeing or hearing the lines of Grappelli that I used to play in combination yeah. with those other lines. So now I, I rarely transcribe complete solos. Uh, yeah. I transcribe parts and now, right now I'm completely lost into uh, uh Peter Bernstein ah. and Pasquale Grasso, which are two guitar players, very opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. in the way they play. But yeah. you know I've trans- I'm transcribing them constantly. Peter Just, Berns- and, uh, both Bernstein's for guitar and violin. So
0: yeah. you're putting them on the violin.
1: Well, um so the thing is Violin is, is is a different instrument for me, right? So guitar, mm-hmm. it's very much tied to uh, fret numbers. So like, mm-hmm. I'll play this at the fifth fret, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and guitar and violin is very much tied to notes. Yeah. But because but because nowadays I'm writing everything down. Uh, yeah. F- uh, just to remember it, but also because I can maybe use it in a video. Uh, yeah. Then I see the notes constantly on my screen, uh-huh. and so it's very easy for me to actually translate that to the violin, even without my violin it's just yeah. I see it and it's like oh it's just the E flat major 7 arpeggio page you know so um, practicing guitar for me is also practicing violin yeah because I rarely practice violin anymore I mean I, I did enough of that or I never did enough but I cannot practice six hours a day guitar and then also three hours a day violin so yeah So the six hours a day practice for guitar uh-huh. also benefits the violin
0: sure yeah definitely will do for your for your improvising
1: yeah, but also no other things too, like timing and everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um. So actually, it seems so. You, yeah, your your violin playing is is sort of, I'm not saying taking a backseat, but you are, you're focusing on your guitar at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I started playing guitar six and a half years ago when the Roseburg Academy opened. Yeah. I think the Roseburg Academy opened seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And then after having, because I was the one that was doing all the communication with uh, on the forum yeah. and stuff and answering questions, yeah. and uh, I didn't play guitar, <laughs> so people right. were asking me like, "Yeah, <laughs> It's like when Storolo, uh does this pull off, you know, what does it mean, you know?" Or yeah. and I would say, you know, yeah, what he was trying to do is this thing, and yeah. I wasn't making things up. I was analyzing the videos, and yeah, I, I, I'm very good at that. Right yeah. now, I can say that because people know can see that's true. But back yeah. then, of course, nobody had any clue where I was. So mm-hmm. at one point, they were asking me, like, hey, what kind of guitar do you have? That's, that's like, there was this thread, like, what guitar do you own? And then someone said, Christian, what guitar do you have? And I didn't even have a guitar. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I had this, like, really, like, rinky-dink nylon string. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I was, at that point, I felt like a cheat, of course, because yeah. here I was, like, teaching people to play guitar mm-hmm. through Stockholm without mm-hmm. being able to play any of it myself. Yeah. And so I I, I didn't say that of course. Yeah. And uh, I thought, okay, I just gotta do it. I just gotta learn how to play guitar. And yeah. in the beginning I was like just enough so that I can explain it. But then I became completely obsessed with the thing. Uh-huh. And uh and now at this point I have just as much guitar gigs as I have in gigs. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I started practicing every day six hours a day seven hours a day yeah uh, non-stop I still do it yeah yeah
0: yeah ah oh, wow that's great well I think you know you'll just learn uh, you know you, you're gonna be really good at, at learning you're gonna be really yeah. good at learning music you know you're uh, doing that with a violin actually, for yeah. so long
1: yeah and also instruments because I've I've now learned to play a bandone guitar yeah uh, and double bass I, n- I didn't say that but I actually have a uh, a diploma for, uh, do you call it a diploma? What do you say in English? You got a, uh, when you graduate, a, a did you university. do an under,
0: like a full under, undergrad course, like three years? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah you no, got four years, yeah. For double, got, just double you bass. Got, <laughs> you got a degree. Oh,
1: right. Yeah. Wow. Because when I, I couldn't do the jazz violin thing, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, I just randomly took some bass lessons. Yeah. And I, I thought, oh, this is much easier, you know? And then I oh. just auditioned for <laughs> bass and I got accepted. Yeah. And uh I I did the double bass thing and it was super easy because I was just playing like walking bass lines which is very yeah. easy to do. And nobody cares about a bass solo anyway. So <laughs> I usually <laughs> said no bass solo no, I don't I don't need the solo and I just played bass and I I graduated uh yeah. on the bass and then I the first thing I did was setting my bass. <laughs> right. Because I didn't like playing it at all. Right. But the th- yeah, I thought I need to have the I need to have this diploma, right? It yeah. uh, would be good for my future as maybe a teacher. and i knew i was never going to get it for jazz violin even though it didn't exist but you know uh Mm -hmm. so i thought yeah let's get one in jazz double bass Mm -hmm. so i have that but i never play double bass anymore right yeah so do you you have a double bass no no i i bought a double bass for the i actually when i applied for the for the school i didn't even have a double bass i just took some lessons right with another conservatory guy right and uh in, in three lessons, I was playing technically better double bass than, than he was playing. And he was very frustrated with it. I thought, I oh, you know, let's, uh, let's apply. And I was accepted but without uh, having an instrument. Actually, when I walked yeah. in, they said, Where's your double bass? I said, Well, he said, It broke this morning and uh, yeah. I had to bring it to the luthier. And they said, You expect us to take you seriously when you walk in without a double bass? But there was a double bass in the room. I said, can I use that one? Yeah. And it was a really bad one. And I, and I got accepted It's like okay now I gotta buy a double bass so I bought a double bass especially oh. for that course I took the course for for four years I did an exam and then the, like two weeks after I sold the double bass again because I was like I'm never gonna play it again because <laughs> I was That's playing Bandoneon uh, I already yeah, started yeah. playing Bandoneon 2 I started ba- Bandoneon after that
2: yeah yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So I, it
2: I seems think so you've I got a lot of
0: confidence I, w- yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to do that it's like not but, have, I don't know
1: I just didn't audition, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I didn't know what was going to happen. They accepted me, so it's great. Yeah, yeah. But amazing. yeah, I I, for, I I seem to forget that I play double bass. I mean, I yeah. never tell that because, but I do play double bass. Uh, I play pretty well, actually. But uh, I'm not sure how well it is now. But yeah, I mean, I graduated with with a, uh, with honors. <laughs> wow. yeah. Amazing. It's it's That's sad amazing. to me, but
0: uh, yeah. Hey, one thing I wouldn't mind. Uh, chatting to you about i remember we've chatted before once before about different keys on the violin so i know that like a lot of people have different ideas of um of that and and different key and well basically what i do you know Grappelli never played in any keys other than the sort of violin friendly ones and i know that you have opinions on that
1: and i just yeah I you talk about it. I do, it? yeah. Strong opinions. Well, the thing to you know about Capelli is when he was older, like mm-hmm. after Django, like when he, he got famous again around 65, when he was 65, right? He was playing in hotels yeah. in Monaco and stuff, and nobody knew who he was. And then I think around 63, 65, mm-hmm. so not ninety-sixty-five, but when he was 65, yeah. he got famous again, once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only played in D, G c a minor e minor and f right yeah he, he never played any other key anymore mm-hmm. uh but of course when he was playing with django there was more keys like yeah i'm sure they did i'm sure they even played like i uh, actually yeah like the early stuff i'm sure tiger rags in a flat isn't it so yeah yeah but there's there's a couple of in tiger Rag. The, the tiger rags in a flat he plays a very simple solo i mean it's beautiful yeah. But it's very simple, right? It's just it's very high up, though, isn't it? It's very yeah. Athletic. It's mostly in the in the it's, yeah. It's a it's a kind of pretty trick that I figured out how to do. Ah. I call the the power position on violin. It's it's a thing. It's a fingering thing which you can do in any key, and that uh, I got it actually from that recording and a, a couple of others. So when I have to play very fast mm-hmm. in A flat, I will do the same thing. All right. Uh, but I never developed myself to play. Really well in A flat, and that's because. Well, there's a couple of reasons, but the most important reason is that in gypsy chess, which is what I play mostly, Mm -hmm. uh, nobody plays in those keys, yeah. So instead of me becoming semi proficient in A flat, yeah, I opt to become even better in G, okay, for instance, right? Yeah, um, so I always, when somebody hires me for a gig, yeah. And I say I go until E flat. Yeah. Right, one way. And mm-hmm. the other way, I would go until, let me see, D, I would do um, A. You must play A. It's not, it's, e, I would still maybe do, but that's it. So, but I'm not happy in E and A, but I could, no. it's okay. Uh, but like the flat keys until E flat. So, A flat, I bow out. So I remember mm-hmm. still playing, uh remember playing with Remy Harris oh yeah the first time i played in the gossington festival yeah was with remy yeah right? and remy wanted to play donnelly and <laughs> only since in a flat of course yeah so i told him okay it's not a problem i can play the theme in, in a flat but then for the violin solo modulate to g right? yeah play everything one fret lower no problem I you know what's funny solo. is
0: i've heard that story from remy as well because <laughs> ah, okay. I have played with Remy for a while and I remember and he wanted to play Donnelly with me and I was like ah oh, but you know you play it really fast and he was like yeah but you know Christian he just did this so we can just do that I was like alright let's just do that then so maybe <laughs> you know you, you paved the way for me to uh, enjoy <laughs> well, but my solo
1: <laughs> yeah Tiger Rex the same thing like Stokola wants to play Tiger Rex, but he wants to play it in original key I, I, lost you.
0: Oh, I nearly lost you then but I
1: think I think you're back here. Okay, so yeah, so uh, Tiger Rec's the same thing. Stockholm wants to play wants to play Tiger Rick. Yeah, at three forty. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's videos on on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, I said sure, but the violin solo in G. He yeah. Said, really? Why? Why? I said. Well, <laughs> so you otherwise you play the violin solo. So no, no, okay, <laughs> we do. This. And it's perfect. You yeah. don't even notice, right? It's just. It's just an, a normal way to modulate. In fact, yeah. there is now. Um, I, I recently discovered, like uh, maybe a month ago, there is this. I think a Greek ensemble. Uh, it's just two guitars and bass. There's no even not even violin. Mm-hmm. They're playing that arrangement of <laughs> Tárrega. Oh really? The one that I recorded <laughs> with the Stockholm. So they even uh. play some of the licks I play. So they they probably think now. Okay, so we have got to start A flat and then modulate to the G. But that yeah. I just did it because functional. I can play well in A flat. Yeah. You know, So. Um, so when you never have to play with with uh with like horn players um well, if I go to a straight ahead jam session, I might, but then I just yeah. don't play those songs yeah and and yeah. i yeah that's i know i don't know what, I don't know what you what your thoughts about it are about this, but I have encountered several people that think that's completely ridiculous that I do that it's okay. like you should be able to play in any key yeah. and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't agree. Just well, agree. I just I think
0: it just depends on what 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 you do. A lot of doesn't it? Because like if if you're if the if you're if if you're always playing gypsy jazz, then you just want to work towards that, don't you? And that is just playing in those keys, and you know that you you don't you don't play in like you don't play in like D flat very often. You maybe sometimes no. in A flat. No, I would never. But um, but uh, I don't know. I know that I. I spend, I don't know, I get gigs sort of semi-regularly where I'll get stuff called that I know but in like a different key because I know it from like Gypsy Jazz and it'll be like, no, we'll do it in A-flat or we'll do it in D-flat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that forced me to sort of, to just like, okay, well, I'm doing these gigs and I enjoy these gigs because the bands are great and it's, uh, and it's and we're playing nice places. So, you know... I'll, i guess i'll work on it and and that was the reason i did it and i, I don't know yeah i don't i mean i don't sound yeah. i think in you know in indian music they don't like they'll just like learn like like a i don't know like a sitar player or whatever they'll just learn they'll they'll tune their instrument to like d and then they'll just play everything that they play in d for the rest oh, of Blue their life. Is the same thing
1: right the guitar yeah. players and the banjo player and the yeah. double player they all use a capo yeah, and then the violin players they don't, but the the keys in the bluegrass are always around. G yeah. A, F, or yeah. uh, C or D. Yeah, I mean I, I hate in playing
0: in in, in, in in things that aren't those those keys. <laughs> or I I know I don't hate. I mean I don't know. I think you know, I found B flat and, and and E flat. You know, and
1: even A flat after a while get gets okay. But so so that's a, the funny thing is my favorite key, of course, to play is D. Yeah. Right, D D is my favorite key, but then the second one is B flat actually. Right. And um the reason is because in swing music when you play in B flat there's lots of great chords. C7 is there. Yeah. And G7 and D7, yeah. F7. If you look at like um uh Sheikh of Araby there's yeah. all those chords. And and F7 is a great chord too. Yeah. So because that's basically a minor with a flat 5 and that's just yeah. an easy thing to play on violin. So Yeah. Um I like I like B flat. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Also, because yeah. it's easy to play high for me yeah. in uh, B flat, because I can use that uh, what I call the power position. What is this power uh, position? Yeah, that's just a name I come up came up with, but um, yeah, it's my concept for playing high on the violin. Okay. Because the one thing that is very nice about Corpelli that is kind of missing from a lot of just violin players, is the yeah. beautiful high stuff that he was doing. Yeah. And. Um, I th- I, th- I thought, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. So I transcribed, I made a PDF mm-hmm. with all the high phrases that I could yeah. find in all the Corpelli solos. Uh-huh. And then I analyzed that, and I, I figured out how you, how he was doing it. Okay. So the power position is a position on the violin where your first finger is on the fifth uh, of the chord and your fourth finger, two. And from that position, fifth. it's very easy to go even higher. And also to play lines in the position. Um, okay, it's, it's very like third to,
0: position in D. Uh,
1: no, third position in G. Right. So if you're in G, and your first finger is on D on the A string. Your and, first. Yeah. So it's on the A and the E string, right? So your first. Oh finger right. Is on okay. D, yeah. 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 So that okay. Position, makes sense. So there's I thought lots you of on the phrases e you can play. And then it's very easy. I have a skill system, which runs up from that position. Mm-hmm. To very high, and it's always uh-huh. the same for every key because you only have to shift that position up. Yeah, and so I was so if you you know Dolan Jones, right? Because he lives yeah. in London, too. Yeah, I know. So Dolan. he was a student of mine at the conservatory. Uh huh. Uh, he stopped with his uh, uh, yes, yeah. but then, um, that's the one. So if you ever meet him, you could ask him and then he can show you the notes, the yeah. things because I wrote it down. And, um, I've had lots of violin players. Uh, ask me about it because um they recognize when they see me play hey that sounds pretty much like Rapelli playing high and mm-hmm. um that's it comes from that. So it's very different okay. for example from Cha because what Cha does is he plays exactly the same high FC. That's that's very difficult, right? He plays what uh, sorry? When when Cha plays high he's still yeah. playing very melodical like he would play like in first yeah. position. But yeah. I know he worked his as ass of to be able to do to do that yeah right and i could still do that but (laughs) i have this thing which is much easier which pretty much has the same effect you know so uh, i don't want to say the same effect because what he's playing is much more intricate but um i mean for me playing high on the violin is just a way to build excitement yeah sure so i leave all my sophistication harmonic sophistication and uh chromaticism Mm-hmm. For the first, second, and third position, or actually it's yeah. just the first and the third. But then, when I want to have this excitement, like yeah. building up to a climax, cueing yeah. to the lead play- guitar player to play tremolos and stuff, I yeah. use this this uh, high uh, power position. Yeah, and it gives me that. So, yeah. If you watch any video of me on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, you can see that. This is what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah,
0: that's good. I mean, it's stuff that I I'm I'm terrible at playing high. I spent too much time learning. Most of my violin playing, learning time and practice time, has been without a violin teacher. Um, Yeah. I never. uh, I did have a violin teacher for a while, for a long time when I was a kid, but I didn't practice much. I I, I was sort of. I just didn't. I wasn't a good student. So most most of my practice has been just with no violin teacher, and I've just spent most of my time trying to play jazz. I just my my high playing is not. Not as as good as it could be, but it's something that I work on. I do. But there's I, plenty, plenty of
1: of people that that are not good at playing high because it's something you need to practice separately. Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal with guitar, you know. Guitar, you just mm-hmm. be like guitar players say, so you, couldn't you just like shift your hand up? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. it's like this. It's not yeah. a guitar. It doesn't work like that. I it's mean, if you start playing horribly out of tune, you yeah. start losing um, yeah. your uh, connection with the instrument. You start getting lost. Yeah. So. Just doesn't work like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I needed to find a yeah. way out, and uh, I think I found it. In fact, there's, without mentioning names, but there was this other violin player who was watching a concert of me once,
2: uh-huh.
1: and then he asked me specifically. he's like, "How do you do all that high stuff?" And I said, "I mean, uh-huh. I, I, I was, I was basically back then. I was still developing this power position idea. You know, I uh-huh. was m- mostly relying back then on the capellaics I transcribed." And I said, you know, I transcribed yeah. every high corepelli there is. <laughs> I said, can I have yeah. this PDF? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I was very much protected. But now I saw a video of him recently, <laughs> and he was, as <laughs> I saw that he was, he did the same thing because he was now playing the same kind of, of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there was yeah. enough f- f- from for me just telling him, you know, I transcribed all the high stuff of Corepelli. Yeah. Uh, that was enough. Uh, I mean, that's basically what you got to do. Uh, but I made a yeah. concept out of it. I made a concept because mm-hmm. I figured that Capelli was actually not playing as liberally as he was in the in the first position high. He was sure. doing a specific thing. Right? So,
0: yeah. yeah, and I don't. I think maybe with Cha as an exception.
1: Um, Cha as an exception, the... but I still remember going Most to his house um, like mm-hmm. maybe four years ago. Yeah. And uh, we were jamming and... Um, I noticed, of course, that he was playing high, but it was, it failed a lot of the time, right? So, yeah. um, and I said to him, you oh, know, but that's very difficult stuff what you're trying to do. He said, Yes, but that's what I want. And that's what I'm practicing. And he, yeah. And I remember the second time he came to his house, I could yeah. hear him from the street practicing that exact thing. Yeah. And now when you see him play, it's all flawless. But yeah. it took a long yeah. time for him to develop that. So I know yeah. the amount of work it takes to be able to play high like that. I think he's probably the yeah. only one that can do it. Yeah. Uh, with that amount of accuracy. So.
0: Yeah. 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 I saw him recently. He was playing um, at the cucumber, and he was he was playing better than he had. A, he had a really rubbish audience because they were just all talking. Um, oh, yeah. or not all but there was there was a big table of uh chelsea posh chelsea people okay. <laughs> chatting away in the back and they were talking over him and he and they, he was getting you know not not you know not loads but enough for for it to be you know and he only he only plays acoustic so that was the issue is that you know you can't you, c- you couldn't hear it some of the times and he just um you know he was still playing better than i've ever heard him play yeah <laughs> i that was, was really getting, shocked yeah. But like yeah, but you know he was even in one of these even in a situation where the 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 audience is uh annoying he was playing still i mean i just wouldn't be able to do it i don't know it's crazy it's, yeah, it's he, practicing he, yeah yeah but but yeah. but
1: then i have to say of course um, there are many other ways to play really well which d- do not involve playing that intricately in high positions so uh, that's just one sure. uh, that's important thing because if Maybe if you are a violin player that wants to get into jazz and you see that, mm-hmm. you maybe think, okay, that's impossible. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, I mean, there's many other ways to play high up on the violin, which is a big subject for violin players, maybe if there are non violin yeah. players listening. Like playing yeah. high up the instrument is, is a big challenge. Yeah. And it's something that will dis- distinguish you from many other violin players. Actually, yeah. when I teach workshops... I was teaching a workshop in um, at Wintergrass last year, which is a bluegrass uh-huh. festival, right? Yeah. So I was teaching a gypsy jazz violin workshop, and the, there there were like 60 people, yeah. and uh, it was all about that. Like, how do you? I cannot play that high, you know? It's like, how do you play that high? It's 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 a big thing in violin mm-hmm. playing playing high. Yeah. So, if you find a way to do it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. There's easier ways. Right? So if you ever yeah. come to one of my workshops, like people that are listening, well, yeah. I I'll, I'll discuss it. I'll show you what I do. I, yeah. It's not going to be instantaneous thing that you can do, but uh I can I can assure you if you look at that system more or less, mm-hmm. you you could see that you could probably do that in a year or something. Well, yeah. So
0: um I lost that last bit of something that you said but I th- I think you're back so it's cool. Hey,
1: um yeah.
0: what's coming up for you in the
1: next couple of months? Um so June is completely um filled with uh, US uh US things. So I'll be a in June yeah, uh, teaching uh one day of guitar and then the whole week of, of violin. Uh-huh. After that's and uh, before that I'll probably be in Seattle by the way, uh, just uh, hanging out. But uh, if there are people in Seattle that want to uh, have lessons, I'll probably be up for that. But and then after uh, January-June, I'll travel to Denver and do a workshop there. Uh, mm-hmm. Guitar, mostly because of of course I teach uh, violin in January-June, so I'll do the if you. So I won't be teaching guitar uh, only one day, but it's all already filled up. So if there are people that want to teach guitar, they can still go to Denver after Denver. That so that will be July, June 18th. Then I will be in Dallas immediately after that for the same thing. Um, then I'll fly back. Then of course it's Samoa. You'll be there too probably. Right? I'll be there, yeah. Yeah, so I'll be hanging out. Generally. When are you there? Uh, I'll be there from July 1st to n- July 2nd to 9. Okay, yeah. And I'll be staying in a big house with uh, Dennis Chang and lots of other musicians yeah there's gonna be a lot with of fun Pat- but will Patrus jam- as well. yeah sorry with Petrus uh, I'm not sure he, no, was coming. he didn't come to Samoa
0: for the last he's, three years he's so. he's maybe coming this year I think
1: okay might be yeah might yeah. be I don't know I know there's many I think there's like nine people in the house so it could be oh. Um, but I'll be hanging around jamming uh, mm-hmm. everywhere then yep. uh, after Samoa they said that's July August I might be back in the US I can't say anything but uh, uh, yeah could mm-hmm. be I'll probably be in Germany in between but then the big thing next big thing would be September in Ireland the Django oh, yeah. Sir Lennon right yeah and then next year March I'll be also at March Minouche the festival oh will you yeah cool and uh, possibly also a big festival after that, which I just got into today. I wish I could say, but I can't say. Um, so those are the big things. But in between, cool. of course, I'll be like gigging everywhere. But like, if, yeah. I, if people want to see big shows, with uh, like in in Ireland, we'll be with the uh, Stockholm roseberg Quartet. Cool. And March uh, Manouche will also be with Stockholm Rosberg. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I wonder
0: if I might, I might, I, I, I may be there in March too. Um, okay, cool. I think we can probably wrap it up. You have been listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast. I have been Matt Holborn, and you've been listening to Christian Van Hemert. Um, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find all your podcasts. Um, it would be lovely if you could come again. Thank you very much.